Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our lead pastor, Dr. Phil Willingham. How many, how many is ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? How many knows how many days is left of Christmas? How many days? 14 days. Come on. Look at your name and say 14 days. Yeah, 14 days. Hey, we just want to welcome you here this morning. Glad that you are here. Man, this is a, this is a wonderful time of the year. All of our campuses, North Judson, over at Wanatal, down over at Full Throttle, all of those watching online, Westfield campus. Man, it's just some great things is happening in our Westfield campus. And you know, we got two teams that goes in there on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's just amazing to see what God is doing out of that campus. And we're glad the guys can join us in this, in this particular season of the time. But, but it's, look at your neighbor and say, this is the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, boy, none of you act like you believe that right there at all. And, and I want and that's okay. Listen, because listen, many of us don't believe that because why? We got a lot of temporary circumstances that's going on that causes many times for us to question the reality. Is really Christmas the most wonderful time of the year? There, there's a homes stress scale that they look at the 100 most stressful events that people can have in their life. They, they, they have categorized 100 most stressful moments. Now, this is divorce and death and sickness. And on that scale, after they did a lot of study, they discovered the single most stressful time of the year is the period between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Could, could, could everybody say amen to that? Come on. It's, it's the single most stressful time of the year. Go just think about it. We're, you know, we're, we're worrying about the presents we've got to buy. We're, we're, we're worrying about the problems we're going to create because we buy too many gifts. <laughs> Come on. We're, we're thinking about what is our credit card going to look like when Christmas is over with. We're, we're stressed about the activities we got to go to. We're stressed about, you know, meeting with relatives that we got to meet with. We're stressed about maybe some are not going to be present this year. There's a lot of things that happen in our life that many, many times makes us question, is this truly the most wonderful time of the year? So here's what I want you to do. Last week, we started looking at Christmas. I I, I think this this is a tremendous moment in the life of Christ followers. Because Jesus is the one that puts Christ in Christmas. You understand that? Jesus is the one. Christmas is the promise that God made to this world for God so loved the world that he would give. And Easter is the proof of that promise. So we're going to celebrate Christmas. And 113 days, we're going to move and we're going to celebrate Easter. And Christmas and Easter are two great moments 
in the life of a believer and the church that we celebrate, and it should be a time of the year that you and I can take a little pause and say, wait a minute, this is truly the most wonderful time of the year. I I love when Jesus made his entrance into the world There's a great celebration that happens in Luke, records it in Luke chapter uh, 2, starting at verse 10. Let me just read it there. It's in your notes. It's on the screen. Here's what the angel of the Lord said. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Where did good news and great joy start? It started at a time in which we celebrate every year at Christmas time, at the birth of Jesus. So he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy, not great sorrow, not great stress, not great heartache, but great joy. Look at your neighbor and say, great joy. Come on. Great joy. Well, we're still not there yet, so let's just listen. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped uh, snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is, is, is pleased. Now watch this. The incarnation of God, the incarnation of Christ coming to this world was a surprise even though it should not have been a surprise. Matter of fact, I put this verse in your notes in Isaiah. Listen, 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus Christ, Isaiah writes this, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive, bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. So what's this? We talked about last week, Mary and Joseph, and I, I summarized the entire story of Mary and Joseph is summarized in one word. Their entire story, Mary and Joseph's story, is is wrapped up in one simple word, and that word was, yeah, that word was, that word was trust. Everybody say trust. Maybe I just need to preach that message again. But really, truly, when you, when you think about Mary and Joseph saying yes to what God was, was going to do in and through their life, it all around trust. Will I trust God to keep his promises in my life? Will I trust that God will perform what he said he will do? And every one of us in our lives today, we have to operate on the trust factor. Every one of us, despite what we're going through right now, we have to trust that God has got everything under control in this world, and nothing is out of sight of God's mind and God's, God's work in our lives. Come on, do you believe that, church? So, so this morning, I want to talk to you about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis said this, and I put this quote in you know. He said, the incarnation is the grand miracle. Now, what's this? We think about all the miracles that God did upon the earth. 
C.S. Lewis said, it's the grand miracle. He says this. Let me give you the quote. He said, the central miracle that must be believed by and asserted by Christians is the incarnation. Every other miracle prepares us for this or is the result of this miracle. The incarnation is a central event in history upon the entire earth. It's by this miracle that passes human understanding that the creator entered into the creation. The eternal one steps into time. God becomes human. The incarnation. Jesus is the one that puts Christ in the Christmas. Now listen, this greatest miracle of all, it, that, that wonderful act by which God decides to become human. Listen, born to a young Jewish girl named Mary, that little stable in Bethlehem. Listen, it's no surprise when you read the four Gospels, three of the four Gospels will focus upon the amazing fact of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Matthew records it like this, that Jesus was miraculously conceived in the womb by Mary by the Holy Spirit. All through the Luke's gospel, he makes it clear that Jesus, the incarnation, the incarnated one, is the Son of God. And then you read John's gospel, he says the internal word of God became flesh and he dwelt among us. Listen, when you and I stop and think about what makes this year so wonderful, it isn't the trees, it isn't the present, it isn't the parties, it isn't our friends, it isn't the family. Ultimately, what celebrate what, what makes this year's part of the year so different than any other time of the year that we get to celebrate is the fact that Christ has become human and he come to us in this broken world. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Now what's this? I want to show you why this is important. Paul, Paul gives us a picture in, as he's writing to the church of Colossians in, in Colossians chapter 1. Now what's this? He says this, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Now what's this? Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things, nobody say all things, have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Emmanuel, God being with us. He went on to say he's the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn of firstborn from among the dead. So then everything, here it is, that he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Now watch this. We come to this time of the year every year. No surprise, when people call the church or, or people call me sometime, you know, I'm notorious, I'll send out an email and I'll, I'll put my, my cell phone on there. People tell me, well, you're stupid to do that. Well, 
Maybe I am, but I just, uh, but people call and they will say, you know, pastor, you know, it's Christmas is almost here and you know, I'm not ready and I I need some help to, to buy some gifts. Now listen, here's my problem with that. It's not like December 25th sneaks up on nobody. Okay. Come on. Everybody, you got a calendar already for 2023. Have you ever noticed December is already there? Okay. December 25th is already on the calendar. Not going to come as a surprise. You're not going to wake up in December 1st and say, oh, I forgot about Christmas. No, it's already planned. But listen, we come to this time of the year every year, and we come and we look at the trees, we have the presents, we have the parties, and we, we, we look back and we think, oh, Mary and Joseph, they, they trusted God, they believed God, God did some great things in their life. But then all of a sudden, if we're not careful, we miss the real picture of this story. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is the focal point of the Christmas story. Christ, Jesus, is the one that puts Christ into Christmas. Write this in your notes. The Savior in the, the, the Savior in the stable comes on a rescue mission. Listen, that's the reason why it's the most wonderful time of the year. When we get here, we have to understand that everything that God wants to do is involved around the fact that he come to rescue us. Oh, but he come as a baby, Pastor Phil. Yeah, but listen, his purpose was to rescue you. Now, what's this? Think about the miracle of the presence of God. Emmanuel, God with us. Listen, the miracle of Christmas is very simple. The miracle of Christmas is that God decided to come near to us. Listen, this is spectacular when you think about God decided to become man divinity arrives, heaven opens up himself and places the most precious gift, a gift of all universe into a human womb. The omnipotent one in one instant became flesh and blood. The one who was larger than the universe, listen, he become a microscopic human embryo. He who sustains the entire world chose to be independent, chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a little peasant girl by the name of Mary. Are you kidding me? This is God showing up. Listen, he comes to us. Not, not, listen, not as an unapproachable God. He didn't come to this world as some conqueror or some superhero. He didn't show up as some popular uh, celebrity. The Bible says he come as Emmanuel. Say that with me. Emmanuel, God with us. Listen, it was majestic in the midst of the mundane. It was holiness in the middle of sheep manure and sweat. It's the creator of life being created. God would have eyebrows. He would have elbows. He would have two kidneys. He would have a spleen. Why? Because God came near us. Listen, I want you to grab a hold of this because so many times we we live our lives in this broken world. And we so, so many times, we desperately want to believe that God is with us. Psalms 46 and 1, God is a present help in the time of trouble. And we want to believe that. But listen, so many times we struggle because we look at life. 
We look at circumstances. We look at what's happening. All we have to do is go back to the first Christmas story and realize that, that his golden throne that he was set upon, it was abandoned in favor for a dirty sheep pen. The worship of angels was traded for soon to have the worship of hardworking shepherd people. Why? Because God came near us. He wants to look at your neighbor and say, he wants to be near you. He really does. Now listen, God could have started his redemption mission as a king anywhere. But he started it, he began in a manger. Why did he do that? Very simple, to meet us where we are. To be present with us. He was completely divine but he chooses to be completely human. Now think about this. For 33 years, Jesus decided to feel everything we feel. For 33 years, he felt weak. He knew what it was to get weary. He knew what it was to be afraid of failure. He was susceptible to disappointment. He got, he, he burped. He had body odor. His feelings got hurt. His feet got tired. His head often ached. Now listen, I know for some of you say, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, Pastor Phil. That, that's almost irrelevant to think about Jesus like that. No, that, listen, I know that makes us uncomfortable, but listen, that's who Jesus was. That's why he came to this earth. He wanted to come down beside us. Don't keep the humanity of Jesus and the incarnation a distance for you. Don't keep it away from you. Don't, 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 don't want to say, well, I don't want to think about Jesus being born in the place where there's, there's sheep manure. I, I don't want to think about the fact that Jesus might have snored. He had to blow his nose. He probably hit his thumb into the hammer and said, oh, bless me. You know, we, 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 we don't want to think about that, do we? But, but he did. He was in all points tempted like as we are. And listen, my, my challenge to you this Christmas is let Jesus be as human as he intended to be. Let, let Jesus into the mire and the muck of your world today. Why? Because he wants to come close to you. He, he wants to meet you where you actually are. He didn't say, I'm going to come, and, and you've got to come to me, and, 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 and somehow or another, you've got to clean your life up. No, Jesus come into this broken world. He, he had all the authority and all the power, but he came as a living, breathing manifestation of God on all that God is. Because why? He wanted to be with us. Now, just think about that. Study after study shows the thing that people value most. Now, I know we all have love languages and, and there's certain things that stand out. You know, some people like words of appreciation. Some people like gifts. And, and the, listen, study after study has identified, though, that every human being has a need of and they, they have a, almost a, 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 a desire, a driving purpose, a desire in their life to be appreciated. We talked about it all last month, last month. And here God decides, listen, here God decides that, listen, in all my perfection, 
in all my power, in, in all my love and my grace and all of my justice, I want to come near you. I want you to sh- I want to show you, demonstrate you how much I value you. We need value and worth in our culture today. So many people don't have it. So many people don't, don't feel it in relationships, in with parents, with kids. But listen, when we come to this Christmas season, we, we can almost stop and say, wait a minute, God demonstrated his love for us. He, he proved his love that while we were sinners, Christ came to us. Again, not as this conqueror, not as, not as this great leader. He come to us as one of us to be with us. Paul writes it back, and look back at verse 19. He said, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. Now, the reason that verse 16 is so important in, in, in Colossians is because Paul was fighting false teachers in that culture that day that they were teaching that, that you could worship Jesus, but you also needed to worship angels too, because Jesus wasn't enough. You, you, you know, it's, it's okay to have Jesus, but, but you also need these little, this reading he talks about dominions and powers and rulers. He, he's giving reference, those are all references that that culture had about angels and angel worship. But Paul smashes that entire argument to pieces by showing that Jesus is the one that created everything, included angels. He created everything in heaven and earth, invisible things and invisible things. So this, so this little baby that we celebrate every year at Christmas, that, that we come, listen, he's the son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. Despite being God, listen, right here, despite being God, he decided, I want to step in the muck and the mire of this world. And I want to be with the people. What, what does that mean today, Pastor Phil? Listen, I, I guarantee you, if I had time to, to, to put the mic around this room today, listen, there, there are people in this room today, this has been a hard year for you. Some of you can't wait The 2022 is over with. You look at a national setting, a global setting, listen, it's been a year of tragedy, it's been a year of uncertainty. But listen, kid, kid, will, will you take a time out? Will you pause for just a few minutes and rejoice and celebrate the fact that Jesus sees all this happening in our life and he is control, he is in control of all that happens in our lives. And at this very moment, he's still orchestrating our lives according to his purpose and his glory, and everything's going to be done ultimately for our good. He's going to do that. In spite of what we see, in spite of what we feel sometimes. Listen, we, 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 we understand the fact that he come. He says, I want to be with you. I love that. I want to I be with you. I want to come along beside you. I want to feel what you feel. I want to I experience what you experience. What did he do that? Because his love for us. 
So, so what did Jesus come to do? Watch this. Look, look, look back with me. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn of the dead, that in everything he might have preeminent. Ultimately, verse 20 of Colossians 1 says, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Now watch this. Let, let, me, let me just go through this passage. I'm going to back up and go backward. In verse 20, he said that Jesus come to do what? To make peace by his blood on the cross. To make peace by his blood on the cross. To make peace by his blood on the cross. How many people do you know today that just say, man, if I could just find peace? Well, he's here. He came to this world, and he said, listen, I come to make peace. Secondly, he said in verse 18, he came to be the firstborn from the dead. And then thirdly, in verse 18, it says that he's the head, the ruler, the governor of the church. Now, what's this? We all understand that we'll celebrate in 113 days that Jesus come to die on the cross. Why? So that we can have peace with God. But, but he also came to be the firstborn of the new people, the church, so that he might be the ruler, the head of the church. He came to reconcile sinners to himself, but in doing so, listen, he created a brand new people called the church. Now, which did, when, when, listen, I hear so many people say, well, well, I love Jesus, I just don't love the church. Well, listen, you've got, baby, you're messed up because Jesus loves the church. He created the church. He died for the church. And listen, the church in the New Testament is what the nation of Israel was in the Old Testament to God. The church is precious to Jesus. Listen, Jesus is the head of the church. He leads the church. He's the top dog of the church. Come on. And listen, when, when you and I understand the fact that Jesus Christ come not just to reconcile us as sinners to God, he come to establish us. Listen, one day the church is going to be the bride of Jesus. The church is going to be, the Jesus is going to come back after who? The church, the bride of Jesus. And Paul says it like this in, in Colossians 1.21, and you once was alienated, hostile, in mind, doing evil deeds. He has now reconciled his body of the flesh by his death. In order, now what's this, to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him, Jesus came to take each of us who were separated and alienated from him, hostile towards him, and in doing so, all sorts of evil, and make right with God so that we could be holy and blameless before him. Man. As, as, as we realize this, this eternal creator God came, not just to save us and die for us, but, but he come to take away all the brokenness that's in this world. Listen, what, what upsets most of us in this room today is to constantly see so much injustice going on in this world. Well, I couldn't have just this week things happen around this world that we see. Well, how could they do that? How could they do this and not do that? We, we constantly see injustice happening in this world. But listen, if we miss the full force of what is actually happened when Jesus comes, the Bible says he come to reconcile himself to all things. He come to reconcile all things, whether heaven and earth, making peace by the blood of the cross. Listen, the reconciliation that Christ 
Christ is talking about. It isn't just getting us saved from our sins so that when we die, we go to heaven. Listen, the reconciliation is a cosmic reconciliation. Listen, Jesus Christ to come, and he, he, he come as a baby to be Emmanuel, God with us, to die on the cross, that ultimately one day he's going to restore the entire creation the way that God designed it from the very beginning that has been broken by this sin in this world. He's going to repair everything. Look, Listen, he's going to fix everything. Now, when you stop and think about that, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I know because of Adam and Eve's decision, the creation was cursed. Nothing functions the way it should. But listen, Jesus come as this little baby, come to be with us. For 33 and a half years, he felt what we felt. He lived the way we live. He understands us. He feels what we feel. He went to a cross to die and reconciled us. But listen, when he, when he reconciled us to the Father and he goes back to the heaven, he leaves the door open for us. Listen, he, he, he makes it possible, not only did he come as the son of God to redeem us from this broken world, he come to create and to set up in a, in a, in a moment's time, and it's going to happen just like the Bible says it's going to happen. He's going to create in a moment's time that everything at some point will be under his feet and will be subject to him again. It's, it's not there yet. Can you imagine, listen, can you imagine what worship is going to be like? I mean, we have talented singers and musicians. They can, they can sing on key, and those who don't sing on key, they don't turn their mic up so you don't know who's not singing on key. And, you know, but we got, we got talent. I'm just kidding, uh, kind of. We, we, listen, we, we got talented people. But listen, when, when, when Pastor Lindsay's playing or Thomas and these, and these singers up here singing, listen, we know, just like we're out there worshiping, we know our 100% heart ain't into things. We know our mind's still going here and there, what I'm going to do after church. You know, what, where's this song going, the next thing, you know. It, the worship that we have here, it, it, as good as it can be, it's limited to what is truly going to be one day when we as the redeemed people of God, we get into heaven and we surround heaven with our voices and when we worship God 100%, we're sold out to him at that moment. We, we know that's going to be amazing. Can you imagine hearing me speak where there's just no matter, there's no humanity messed up in my garbage right now? There's none. It's just all God and the words that I'll say and the words that you'll say and the words that the singers will sing and the worship will be 100% pure. But we're not there yet, Right? There's times we get in the church and we get in the service and, and places on your body that hurts before service. During service, you get to worship a little bit. The Word of God gets to move in the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, you will, for a short period of time, forget about your aches and pains, right? Come on, for a short period. But as soon as you walk out the door and sit down in the car, all of a sudden, oh, my Lord. Anointing leaves you. Life settles back in to be the normal part of life. Can you imagine what it will be like one day to have these glorified bodies, that there'll be no more pain, no more sickness, no more sorrow? Can you imagine that? that that's part of the reason why. Listen, when, when people ask, why did Jesus come? We can say, listen, he, he come to this world to do battle on the cross. 
And as a result of that battle, he came to reconcile, not just you and I, but to reconcile this, this entire creation back to the, to, the, to the way that God originally designed it. We can't comprehend that today. We, we can't figure out, wow, what is it going to be like when every wrong will be righted? We come to this Christmas season, listen, this is where our hope is. You understand? That's the reason why the incarnation, it, it, it is a central miracle that we got to grab a hold. Because this is a starting point. The birth of Jesus was a starting point for God to set everything in motion to one day to reconcile everything into himself and to make everything right again. And listen, what's, what's the purpose behind all that he did? Again, go back to verse 16. For by him all things created, heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authority, all things were created through him and for him. The last part of verse 18, that in everything he might be preeminent. Jesus created everything for himself in heaven and earth to bring the fullest praise, honor, glory to himself, that in everything he might be preeminent. In other words, he might be chief. He made everything to reflect his glory. We only see portions of that glory today. You and I were created to reflect the glory of God. We clean up pretty good on Sunday. We look better on Sunday than we do on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Right? We clean up, we go to church, we kind of put our best foot forward, forward. our manners are better and our vocabulary is better. Come on, don't look at me like you're, I'm not telling the truth, but we, we do that and, we, and we, come, we come here to church in all of our nastiness and we do our best to reflect the glory of God. True? But we know it's limited. We know that we're not there yet. But Christmas is the promise that we will be. It, 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 listen, that, that one day the glory of God will be the ultimate goal of all creation. He came to restore us to a place where we can look forward to the day that we're going to perfectly reflect the glory of God. Now listen, that, that first incarnation, that first transformation, it, it was missed by a lot of people. A lot of people didn't know that he come. A few shepherds, a few wise men show up later. It was through a period of time and a process. But you understand this next transformation, this, 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 this next uh, uh, metamorphosis that God's about to take us through. Come on, Pastor Lindsay. You, you, you understand that this next metamorphosis that God's going to, the Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. Woo! Can you imagine? In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. But we're not there yet. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not there yet. And because we're not there yet, we have to continue to listen to the one who speaks to us. Listen, the one who says, love your neighbor as you love yourself, was spoken by a man, Emmanuel, God with us. It was spoken by a man whose neighbors were trying to kill him. Okay? But he says, love your neighbor. 
that the same guy who says, pray for them who persecute you, is the same guy that would hang on the cross and he would ask the Father to forgive his murderers for they don't know what they're doing. You follow me? The, the, the same God that says, I am with you always is the God who in one instant did the impossible to come down to this earth in a moment's time and radically change. It all happened in a moment, a remarkable moment that he decided, I'm going to be, the word will become flesh and dwell among us. Now, he's with us. One of the most, again, studies tell us this time of the year, between Thanksgiving and New Year's, not only is it the highest stress time, but there's more people during this season that start battling depression, anxiety, out of the fact, now listen, out of the fact that they feel alone. They feel alone. Oh, they go to parties and, and people say, hey, I know you've been going through something. Hey, whatever you need, just call me. I'm there for you. But in their hearts, they know, you don't know what I'm going through. You can't be there for me. And yet, the one who says, I am with you and I will never leave you, is the one that we have, to, we have to realize, wait a minute, this is the season that I need it the most, and it's the season that we have to be reminded the most that he hasn't left us. Oh, he's still not a baby. He's still not walking down the earth, and we can't go to Chicago or Indianapolis and see him wherever. But all you have to do is just, is just open your heart and open your mind to the Word of God and as a result, you can understand that in the, in the times of trouble, I'm a very present help. I'm with you. I got you. Oh, you, you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor. You're right, but Jesus does. And listen, this, this season, why don't I take some time and bring the awesomeness back to this season? I mean, I, I know we got shopping to do, and I know we got cooking to do, and you're looking for that perfect gift and that perfect toy and all that stuff. But think about the baby who wants us to know, who, who, who really wants us to understand the fact that you're worth it, that I come down to you and to be with you, and I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. It is truly the most wonderful time of the year. Right? It is true. If we can go back to this greatest miracle of the incarnation, God with us. And listen, some of you today and some of you at our campuses and watching online, I, and I know you're seeing, yeah, Pastor, I don't feel that. And I don't, I don't sense that. I understand that feelings have a way of leading our emotions. We have to decide that we're going to base our feelings, not upon the emotions, but what is the word of God says? What, what, what is the promise of God said? There, there's, a, there's an Old Testament verse. I don't think I, I put it in your notes, 
But there's an Old Testament verse in, in, in the Bible that in Ezekiel that says this, Ezekiel 3. The Spirit lifted me up, and I heard a loud rumbling sound behind me. It was the sound of the wings of the living beings as they brushed against each other and the rumbling of their wheels beneath me. The Spirit lifted me up and took me away. What's this? I went in bitterness and turmoil, but the Lord's hold on me was strong. It was strong. It was strong. I went in bitterness and turmoil, but the Lord's hold on me was strong. What I want to challenge you today, I, I know some of you go, that this is not the most wonderful time of the year if you focus upon your circumstances and your situation. It's not the most wonderful time of the year if you look at your past, or maybe for some if you even look into your future. But it's the most wonderful time of the year when we focus upon Christ the Messiah, the greatest miracle, the incarnation, Emmanuel, God is with us. Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.